we're closing 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 in on on Halloween, so we're gonna continue our spooky trend mm-hmm. by talking about a spooky game mm-hmm. and then a kind of other spooky game. Well, which one are we referring to as kind of spooky? The one I'm gonna talk about. Okay, yeah, that's kind of spooky. The other one is kind of spooky as well. Like they're not full on spooky games. No, but they're fun spooky. At least this one is. That's true. Uh, Hello. Hi. Welcome to uh, this week's episode of the Season Lamy Checkup OVA. It's episode number 98. Just like the... uh, Degrees? The Degrees, yeah. The famed pop band from the late 90s. (laughs) Starring the Lachaise. Yes, exactly. I forgot what their names was, but now that you said it, I, I remember. People are gonna like are gonna listen to this and be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> Nick Lachey. I know, but 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 other people aren't us, <laughs> and would remember <laughs> like this. Okay, fair. Uh, this is a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Al and Ladyum. Hello. <laughs> the the boy band <laughs> group aficionado. That we are. The boy band aficionados that we are. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to talk about some games today. Uh, we're going to talk about Castlevania, Symphony of the Night. You may have heard of that game before. Once or twice. Once or twice. And uh, I'm going to talk about a game that came out just recently, like a few weeks ago, uh, called The Missing, J.J. Macfield and the Island of Memories, which is what we're going to start with. Because uh, I played this game, and I beat it last week, uh, kind of like in between, like right before we, we we decided, or I was getting into, I think I was waiting for Castlevania to download, and I was like, I should beat this, and then get into that, because I knew it was like a shorter game, so I spent like the rest of an afternoon just finishing that and being completely blown away by it. Uh, this game is a, as the Wikipedia page puts, a puzzle platformer horror game. Hmm. And essentially, if you think of games like Limbo, like inside that side-scrolling puzzle type genre, I guess if you want to call it like that, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's one of those types of games. So, you know, you go through each different little stage and you have to puzzle your way through each encounter, basically. Um, this is a game made by Swery, who made Deadly Premonition. He made the the was going to be episodic D4 Dark Dreams Don't Die, but got canceled because Microsoft's like, what's a Kinect? I don't know what that is. So he only got to put like one episode of that out and that was it. Uh, if you if you haven't played any of his games, like a lot of them are just weird. Like just weird, weird. Like Deadly Premonition is essentially the video game version of Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's pretty famous for how weird yeah. it is. Uh, D4 is just super duper weird in general. And this one's kind of a less less subdued in the weirdness. I mean, the gameplay kind of gets into that weirdness, but it's not as like far out there as some of his other games. But as soon as I knew this was coming out, I was like, okay, like I didn't really know much about it. I knew kind of like, oh, I it's a side-scrolling puzzle game, I guess. But I kind of went in cold just to to experience it firsthand, and like I knew it was a sweary game, so like automatically I was I was basically in. So. But other than that, I really had no idea what this game was or what it was about. But um, the basic premise premise goes is that 
you play as JJ Macfield. You're on a camping trip with your friend Emily. And there's a lot of hints there that it's like a, a romantic interest, like it's like a date. So um, you have that at the very beginning, and then you basically wake up and you find that she's missing. And you go off and try to find her, and one thing leads to another, and while you're out trying to find her, you get struck by lightning and die. Jesus. Well, that's a way to start. That is a way to start. But you're able to kind of come back to life. And also able to, like, dismember yourself in ways that kind of isn't possible. <laughs> uh, so, like, to get through a lot of the puzzles, you have to dismember yourself. Like, have your limbs fall off. Have, like, your bones break. All that sort of stuff. But at the same time, once you're through, like, a puzzle and everything, you can, like, hold down a button and just, like, reform yourself. So it's some pretty intense body horror, sounds it- like. It is, and it's also very thematic for the game. So, so JJ's a girl, and um, one of the aspects of this game is that like you have a you have a phone, and you collect these donuts. It's like your your collectible. You kind of can go out of your way to get. And one of the first things you learn is that like she gets a new phone, and basically all of her data is gone from from transferring and everything it just didn't didn't carry over so when you collect donuts you get a lot of these like old text messages from your friends and stuff so there's like there's there's two segments that you basically look out for is like there are text messages from emily and your mom and then there's text messages from just like various friends that you have at college um the more prevalent and the the more storytelling aspects happen in the text messages from emily and your mom uh one of the th- early things you learn about your mom is that uh, she is very, let's say, conservative mm. in some of her feelings and stuff. Like, there is a conversation you have about transgender people using bathrooms. And the mom's like, oh, they shouldn't be able to, to go to the, the bathroom that they want. That's that's bad. And you're like, no, that's no, it's not bad. Like, that's how it should be. Um. And obviously, you know, there's this uh, there's this romantic interest with Emily, so there's this weird feeling from the mom kind of about that, but it's not necessarily in the way you think, because I guess this is a, if, from this point forward, this is, this is huge spoilers, this is basically in-game spoilers we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, as you make your way through the game, you can, you're continuously trying to find Emily, and you'll find her at some points, but then... She's she's constantly running away from you. Uh, there's like these weird, I don't know how you would describe them as just like nightmarish figures that will try and chase you and kill you. Those happen at some points, and they're also chasing after Emily. And then later in the game, you finally kind of catch up to her, but also she is like not as as you would as she, as she normally seems. Like she's talking in like this weird distorted voice. And she keeps talking about, like, identity and, like, who exactly, like, who who someone is. Like, what what is a person, essentially? What is, what is identity? What is a man? It's basically kind of, yeah. <laughs> and essentially, you follow her up, like, this clock tower. It's, like, the clock tower is basically a place you two had went when you were kids. So mm-hmm. it was, like, special for you. So, like, you follow her up there. And then once you get up to the top, you find her, like, and she's hung herself. and basically at that point you you walk forward and you're just like well i can't do this and you hang yourself (sighs) but that's not the end of the game 
uh, there's a specific line there that happens when you hang yourself, and it's basically saying, like, uh, I'm killing my mother's anger. Because um, prior to this, you get a text message sequence that um, there's talk going back and forth between JJ and her mom about, like, her mom wants her to go to counseling because she thinks, like, because the mom thinks she is, like, losing her way in college and all this sort of stuff. And also, she finds clothes in JJ's room, which JJ's like, don't go to my room, don't clean it, I don't want you to look in there or anything. But she, the mom basically does anyways, and stumbles upon, like, this set of, like, female clothes in her closet, and is like, whose clothes are these? And JJ's like, oh, they're they're Emily's. That's, that's who they are. And then the mom's like, I talked to Emily's mom, those aren't Emily's clothes. Whose clothes are they? So... When when the whole hanging scene happens, that doesn't end the game. But basically, it does some like weird stuff. And then it basically sort of turns into like the end of like the nightmare where you wake back up in the school and Emily finds you and you're and she's fine. But you're the one that's messed up now. Like you're the one speaking in like distorted voices. You transform into one of like the nightmarish figures and like go after her. Yeah. And she basically has to like literally fight you to to end it to like end that end that part of you, and but like you have to like you basically have to defeat her in a way and like bring her into you. But then like it flips around and you are able to break out of that. And the end of that is literally you have to like break out of this nightmare and figure out a way to accept yourself. Um, once you're able to basically break out of the nightmare you wake up in the real world and you find that you had cut your wrist attempting to commit suicide. Also, your actual body is a male body. So a Would lot... Of, that would be the case. Yeah. Um, they, they kind of hint at it a lot throughout like the text messages, especially that in part with the mom. But like, there's a portion where she's talking to um, one of her friends at school. Or it's the professor. She's talking to like this professor she like uh, assists with. And... Mm-hmm. The professor's like, what do, what kind of movies do young people like these days? And she answers like, well, guys usually like action films, like all that sort of stuff. For girls, I don't really know. And that's like a big hint. I was like, wait, hmm, hmm. Because like for me, I was kind of figuring like with how conservative the mother was at first, like this is either going to go two ways. Either that like the mother is just against her being gay or mm-hmm. it's going to come out that she's trans. Right. And obviously it comes out with the, the latter half. But yeah, like uh, the end of the game is literally just you being resuscitated from from the suicide attempt. Emily finds you and is like, hey, don't do this again. And a lot of it kind of just like it goes into like just the way the game is like where you're constantly like just destroying your own body and how thematic that is for like transgender people. Right. And it's for a short five to six hours, like four to six hours, four to six hours, like long game. It took me on a ride that I was not expecting, and especially a game about transgender politics from a Japanese developer. That's surprising. That is incredibly surprising. In a way, I was not expecting in the slightest, but like it pulls it off super in- incredibly well. In a way you you do not expect, a way you definitely do not expect from from developers coming over or from from Japanese developers in general but just like it's it's shocking with how well it it pulls that off 
I'm really, really surprised by that, honestly. Yeah. Because they're, I mean, not that US or Western developers are much better at it, Mm -hmm. but like Japanese culture is still pretty conservative. Right. And I mean, you look at, you look at games like Persona 5 that had issues with, with that sort of thing, or just like LGBT issues in general. And that's a game that came out two years ago. Yeah. It's. It's it's awesome that this this is this is a thing that's out there in like a in a game of this like magnitude. It's not it's not like necessarily a big game, but still just like it's it's super super cool that this is a thing. It's a neat step forward. Yeah, yeah. Like I got through it like last week, and I was just like, I need to talk to someone about this. <laughs> like this is amazing. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't even know you were playing it, but also like my last week was crazy. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand how that fell on the wayside. But yeah, like um it's definitely something I would recommend even like if you if you figure if you if you learn about like how like the nature of the game itself. But like it's it's definitely something that I think more people should should check out and play. It's it's amazing. Like I'm still just like taken aback from it like a week later. <laughs> I'm just afraid with like my yeah aversion to like body horror and I, also yeah, like suicide stuff is a little ugh, so. I mean, there there is basically like a content warning up front about that game where it's like, hey, there's a lot of depictions of gore and and con and suicide and suicidal content in this thing. So yeah, but also it's a game that literally I think starts with like there's a the line that literally you see at the very beginning of the game is it's like oh, I, f- I need to hang on let me try and see if i can find this because it's actually like it plays into the narrative of the game as well this game was made with the belief that nobody is wrong for being what they are that is okay. the, that is the first line that you get from this game right before the content that's, warning that's great and now i'm going to turn this off so it doesn't make a lot of noise but yeah people should play that game Unless you have an aversion to body horror, which in the case, like, yeah, understandable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's let's dive into our next game then. Called Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Or the Japanese title. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh. <laughs> you mean Akumajo Dracula X Gekka no Yasokyoku. Or Demon Castle Dracula X Nocturne in the Moonlight. What a good name. A good name. How did we not get that? <laughs> what a what a what a what a disappointment. <sighs> Tragic. Anyway, we got Symphony of the Night instead. We did. So you basically came up with the idea of playing this game for for, for the spookies. Month, for the spookies. Cuz I've played this game many many times. Over the years, and it's been out for like what twenty years now. When was this first released? Uh, yeah, like twenty one. All right, so like I've played it a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, you had not ever played it, right? No, I've seen someone like I've seen a playthrough of it, but I have not like right. physically gone down and played it myself. So, for one, it's like you know pretty 
great for our Halloween theme episode because neither of us are really into like real spooky stuff. Right. But this is kind of like the whole, you know, vibe of Halloween and kind of spooky and vampires and all that. So I was like, it'll fit. And mainly, I just wanted you to experience Symphony of the Night because it is, you know, after we talked about the whole like masterpiece thing, mm-hmm. like Symphony of the Night is very commonly lauded as like the best Castlevania game to ever exist. And it became like an archetype for one, a genre, and two, um, the Castlevania games past this one. Right. And, like, this game was so groundbreaking and changed everything about Castlevania. And it's interesting to me because um, I I played all the Castlevanias on the NES as well and Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I've kind of grown up with Castlevania, as weird as that is. Right. Uh, So I just kind of wanted you to play through it and see, like, what is an outsider perspective on Symphony of the Night and... Mainly, I just wanted you to play it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I, I mean, I knew going into this, like what this, that what this thing was. Like this is no, right. this isn't like a big surprise. Like oh man, look at all this, look at all the changes they did to Castlevania. <laughs> it's like no, <coughs> obviously this is kind of the birthplace of. Well, I mean, Metroid maybe not necessarily Vania. the birthplace, but like yeah, the popularization of the Metroidvania style and genre, which essentially is just Castlevania took saw Metroid and was like, hey, we could do that too. <laughs> Yeah. And did that too. But um Yeah, like it's it's a fascinating game in and of itself just with you know a lot of people will say how well it plays and all that stuff, the how great the game looks in general for especially cuz you know this is a PlayStation game and you know the PlayStation was the era of 3D graphics, everyone moving to 3D graphics and if you're making 2D games you were being laughed out of the building. Right. And then Konami comes in and is like, hey, what if we made this 2D game and it looks really great? And everyone's yeah. like, oh, okay. This is this is the thing that can, this this works. <laughs> and yeah, like it's, I think the game's still like even 20 years later, like that's some really, really good looking pixel art. Like it's a gorgeous looking game. Like the animations are super, really well done. Um and everything around it just looks just looks really well. Like obviously the game itself has its its weird flaws, like that that localization's strange if you're playing the original release, <laughs> or I mean if you're playing like the newer version or the the version that's literally just coming out or came out this week for for PS4. Like that's the the, the newer stuff, so it's a little bit different and a little bit more polished and everything. So right. it's a little bit better. Also, like there's some weird technical issues on the PS1 version, at least the emulation uh, that I played, where it's like. Anytime you beat a boss and you get like the the life up potion that pops up, like it the the game just slows down very poorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of like becomes molasses for a minute. It does. So that's weird. But like, I mean, outside of that, like, there's not much like to to really criticize. It does it when game. you level up too. Right. Like the level up glittery bit that you get, it, it kind of slows down too. I will say, I did not technically beat this game because I didn't get to the reverse castle. But yeah, just, you didn't I, do Inverted Castle. I just need to figure out, like, the steps to do that and do that, I guess. But, yeah, like, eh, not that big of a deal. I can tell you what happens. You fight Dracula. It's true, you do. <laughs> what a shocker. <laughs> Richter Belmont is not a big jerk. No, typically not. 
There you I go. I mean, he he's here, and like they play it up that he would be a jerk, but he's under the influence of Shaft. <laughs> Ugh, phrasing. <laughs> uh, I I think this game also just does some really cool things where like opening up with the ending of Rondo of Blood is such a weird thing that a lot of games don't really do. Yeah. And especially where it's like, here's the, like the actual UI and everything from Rondo of Blood, the play style of like the, the mechanics of Rondo of Blood are all at play here. And then it switches over to this different game entirely. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a weird and interesting little thing to, to do. And especially for a game that kind of technically didn't come out in America. I mean, it did with, like, they, they brought it over, like, the Super Nintendo version of Dracula X, but, like, that's not net technically Rondo of Blood, because Rondo of Blood was a was a CD game. Right. So that makes it a little... A little confusing? bit A little confusing, yeah, for, like, people, for, like, U.S. audiences to be like, who's this guy? What's going on? <laughs> we know Alucard, because he was in 3. He turned into a bat. It's... It, but, yeah, like, it... And even just like going down to like just just playing it, just playing the game, like it plays so well, like it's it's so smooth and just the the just everything about the mechanics and the feel of that game is just spot on. And I I like how I I don't know necessarily if, necessarily if I'm like a person who would choose having multiple styles of weapons over like the traditional Castlevania whip. Mm-hmm. But like you know, it gives you all sorts of options uh, to to play the game however you want. Yeah, it really does. Like if you want to do a two handed sword, you can do that. If you want to go like primarily magic, you can do that mm-hmm. too. If you want to use like his familiars and turn into a like a doggo all the time, sure, do it. Be a doggo. I think it's actually a wolf, but still, it's a doggo. Yeah, I mean, wolves are doggos. It's true. Confirmed. You can have like a little demon <clears throat> hang out with you like, mm-hmm. it's gonna poke stuff maybe kill things <laughs> if it's feel if it feels like it uh so we, we we had an episode where we talked about super metroid right yes and that was another game that i came to very late hadn't played when i was a kid or anything and i kind of left that game feeling like eh like I get why it's it's very you know prominent and influential and all that sorts of stuff, but for the most part I was just like you know it's fine. Like it's it it's it plays well all that sort of stuff, but it, it's all right. Like I'm not necessarily blown away by it. Um, I don't think Symphony kind of falls into that same vein. Like I feel like I had more fun with this game because mm-hmm. I think well, obviously it, it helps that like there's just more to do in this game. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. And also, I think it kind of helps as well that, like, there was very rarely a time where I felt lost in this game. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you you have your map and everything, and it fills up, like, the same way that Metroid or Super Metroid does and all those games. But, like, you know, there's always, like, little things where, like, okay, well, there's a door there that I can probably go into. There's there's stuff that I, I haven't filled in yet that I obviously I should be able to fill in at some point. Like, you have, like, all these kind of, like, ideas of, like, okay, I need to go, potentially I need to go here and here, and maybe that'll open up something else, and then I can come back and do all this stuff. Like, uh, I think there was only, like, kind of, like, one or two things that I had to look up and see, like, okay, this is where this is and all that. Mm-hmm. But that was, like, 
like I said, one or two things. And, That's not too bad. Yeah, and compared comparatively, it's like you know that map is huge, and otherwise, I really didn't have to do much to like to find stuff. It was just like constantly, I knew exactly like okay, I want to go here next and here next, and just even if it was like a lot of looping around and doing all that stuff, like backtracking and all that, um, it never felt like I was getting st- stuck, like badly stuck in a way. Like even if I did get stuck on something, there was something else I could go do. Mm-hmm. And maybe that would lead to another solution. And I think that that kind of helps a lot. It, like, you never feel like you're being gated in a way. Like, you never feel like you're just running into roadblocks constantly. And that, that really helps you. Because, like, you constantly feel like you are pushing forward. Regardless that this, this map is huge. Like, you are constantly filling it up. You're constantly finding new areas. And it, it really, really helps you with progression. And there's a lot of secret areas, too. There's a lot of secret areas. You, like, go through walls and junk in certain places. There's a lot of breakable walls in this very weirdly designed castle. Yeah, Dracula, I don't know. He needs a new architect. <laughs> he just like scribbled all over the page and was just like, I don't know, go make this. And the the architect's like, what? This, <laughs> what? No. And you right. want two? You want one that's upside down? <laughs> right. I guess. I don't know. Is the pay at least uh. good? I'm, I'm, He's I'm, so frustrated. I'm, I'm, I'm retiring after this. <laughs> He's just done. He's like, I no, no. And you wanted to disappear and come back like once a century. Oh my god. Every time ever. is different. The worst client ever. He wants to get paid in blood. It's like it's so weird. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, I think it's also worth mentioning that like this is one of the first games that had the like really pretty art style in terms of like the characters being I don't, I don't want to say like pretty because that's not what I mean. They are really pretty but like anime in a different anime style. This was the uh, the first the first game that uh, designer Ayami Kojima worked on. And mm-hmm. she's kind of responsible for, I guess, that, that shift in tone. Yeah. In terms of the character designs for a lot of the Castlevania games. So like Because before you... it was like old school anime-ish. Or just weird looking. <laughs> weird looking. But like if you've seen like modern Castlevania art, like she's the one that's basically done that. Yeah. Like she has brought forth that style and that has basically permeated within the series for the last 20 years. She was the pioneer, mm-hmm. which is also really, really cool that like basically a lady came in and like changed Castlevania's art style entirely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a shame we never got uh that one version of Alucard. The Captain N version. The Captain N version of Alucard. Alucard clearly the coolest version of Alucard. I mean, he does have, like, a bat boombox. He's got a bat so... boombox. He has shades that are shaped like bat wings. Like, where... Okay. Can you imagine somebody of the night like that? Where is my mod to to have Alucard look like that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I would play that. Instead of the, uh, like, weird, like, backslide that he does in the game, uh, you just, like, skateboard. Oh, my God. Perfect. Total conversion of Symphony of the Night where 
<laughs> the character art is changed and the t- and the sprite is changed. So good. <sighs> that would be perfect. Also, Alucard's name is Fahrenheit. In the, in the, in the... Yeah, we looked this up, and like Alucard's real name is Adrian Fahrenheit Tepes, which like, what? <laughs> Fahrenheit. Why is your name Fahrenheit? Because he he really likes temperature. Also, like, I'm also curious, like, if he's born with that name, did he just decide at one point when he's being like the rebellious son? He's like, you know what, I'm gonna be my Fahrenheit. dad backwards. <laughs> No, his dad backwards. Oh, right. <laughs> no, I'm assuming that the Adrian Fahrenheit Tepes stuff his parents gave him, unfortunately. This is why Dracula isn't allowed to, to name people. Yeah, Dracula, come on. Don't name people Fahrenheit. God. God. <laughs> but you also learn more about, like, his mom, uh, Alucard's mom in this, which is cool i guess we learn more that like he had a human mother and he is a half vampire and uh the dracula basically like went nuts after uh lisa who is alcard's mother was executed as a witch uh which is not even the first wife that he's had that has been like dead in a horrible way <laughs> been dead been dead and um basically dracula keeps getting wives and they die and then he's like all right time to be even more of an you know he would kind of you'd think you would think he would realize hey i'm immortal all my wives are gonna die probably yeah but no no and so alucard like sees a few visions throughout of his mom and the whole thing, like, with you completing the game is that Dracula has this whole idea of, like, going against humanity because of what they did to Lisa. And Alucard's like, but actually, Mom, she wanted you to know that she loved you. And don't hate humans. It's bad, Dad. And he's like, oh. What is a man? <laughs> <laughs> he just says the opening dialogue again and then disappears. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that's literally how it ends though. It's like him saying like, Dad, you misunderstood Mom. This is what she wanted you to do. God. <laughs> Dracula's just like, <laughs> I done goofed, kid. I'm sorry. And then he just like poofs and his castle disappears and then like, we realize, which I never got the implication, and I found this out from the, the Wikipedia page, that, like, Maria apparently has the hots for Alucard. And, like, maybe it's hard to interpret hots for people, like, in sprite form, but... And also weird localization. Yeah. Because um, the, uh, the ending of the game is actually, like, dependent on how much of the castle you've actually gone through. Right. Um. So Alucard at the end of it is like, I must sleep because I am part vampire. I'm and very also... sleepy. <laughs> no kidding. Me too. <laughs> um, and so he's, he, you know, he's got that like tormented 18 year old soul in him or whatever. He's immortal, but he's 18 years old. So of course he's going to be a drama queen. Very and... Right. And he's like, I, I've got to sleep because like, 
I cannot subject this vampirism on people. And Maria could either like try and convince him to not do that, or she just like goes with Richter and is like, well, all right, have fun sleeping. <laughs> so it depends on how much of the castle you <laughs> you explore. Richter's my ride. I got to go, but uh, have yeah. fun with your nap, I guess, later. He's kind of my big brother, and he knows how to drive, so. I tried to get an Uber, but it just didn't reach out here. <laughs> your dad's castle. It's really inconvenient, man. <laughs> Can't he just make it appear a century in, like, a convenient place in town where people can reach it? No. <laughs> um, I just think it's funny that depending on how much of the castle you explore, she's like, um, bye. Later. But, yeah, I never actually got the whole romantic implication of that. But apparently it's a thing, and, like, she really does have the super hots for him which like understandably he's like a beautiful flowing hair gentleman with his like dumb accent <laughs> which we were talking about that earlier that like the original dub this man has like a really fantastical accent and all and then like for the redub they just got Yuri Lilenthal <laughs> oh man what if what if they got Yuri Lilenthal to do his bad British accent again <laughs> Oh God, no! <laughs> oh God, no! 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 What if they got Yuri Lowenthal to try and and recreate the accent from the original <laughs> localization? No. No. Um. What if? What if they got Yuri Lowenthal to voice Alucard, but with Yosuke's voice? Oh God. <laughs> God. I mean, they are around the same age. It's true. It'd be pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know if I can imagine Alucard being, like, that high strung. <laughs> I mean, like I said, he's 18. So, like, that's kind of a thing with 18-year-old boys. That they're a little high strung and dramatic. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Even if they are immortal, technically. Maybe even more so if they're immortal. They're more dramatic because they're like, I've seen this. I've, I've, I've went through all this stuff before. But Ugh, also, like, I can't die. If you're immortal and like, how many years did that boy have to go through puberty to become 18? The normal amount? I don't think so. I'm thinking like, you know, expanded lifespans. Well, if he if he if he's immortal but just stops aging at eighteen, like he's already gone through it. Is he just gonna stop aging at eighteen? Is that how immortality? I guess so. He's forever eighteen. Oh my god, that's that's how horrific. all those vampire stories work. Is that you? When you become a vampire, you just stay that age forever. But he was born a vampire. Maybe maybe because he's half vampire, like that didn't take effect for a while. Like when he hit eighteen, that's when like it. It fully stopped him from, it, it, like, the immortality part kicked in. He hit 18 and, like, no more. You're done. <laughs> All right, we're good. God. Because he's, what, like, 400 years old at this point in Symphony of the Night? Uh, 300? 300? Okay. Because he first appears in, in Dracula's Curse. 
Castlevania three mm-hmm. in fourteen seventy six, according to the Castlevania wiki. But what? But he was already a like a person at that point. He right. wasn't an infant. And then seventeen ninety seven is Symphony. Can you imagine him like as an infant? You're having to fight Alucard. The Who is this is baby? <laughs> infant Alucard. <laughs> Who let a baby be in this castle? <laughs> it's got a skateboard and a bat boom box. <laughs> oh, this is why I can't make video games. I just like how the, the, the opening of the Symphony of the Night portion of Alucard's wiki is just like, yeah, he had to wake up because there wasn't the Belmont around to, to fight Dracula, so he had to go do it. He's like, oh, man, I could have slept longer. I gotta go fight my dad. God. He's the uh, he's the equivalent of that Saturday Night Live sketch where it's like the teenager who just woke up. <laughs> it's like, Dad, be cool. God. Could you have waited a little bit for another belt for that Belmont to stop being a dumbass? <laughs> <laughs> you just fought him. Well, I don't know if he just... Wait a minute. I'm confused. Isn't it just like only a few years between Symphony and Rondo? Rondo, right. Because she was 12 at the time of Rondo, and now she's 17. So it's like five years. But the castle only appears every century. Well, isn't it just because, like, because of Shaft right, manipulating Shaft. Uh, Richter, he's Richter. able Richter come, like, is able to bring the castle back and, and basically is trying to revive Dracula? Right. You're right. It's just You're like right. uh, Simon's blood. I mean, basically what I'm learning is... It's a horrible night everybody, to have a curse. Everybody just needs to leave these two to do their thing. And like, you know, the Belmonts are going to do their thing. Dracula's going to do his thing. Everybody else just move on. Do your own thing. <laughs> Let them do their thing. Just leave, just leave them all alone. <laughs> Right, like, they're just going to keep doing this forever and ever and ever. Just, all right, well, Belmont's going out there again. All right, see you later, dude. Have fun. If you need supplies, let me know. Take your money. Like, the guy's just sitting there, like, making a new whip again. He's like, God, <laughs> got to make a new whip. This guy goes through so many whips. I'm basically just imagining, like, a very angry town around the Dracula Castle area is like, oh god, there's another Belmont here. This uh, again. It's that time of this time, that time of the the year again. Yeah, that time and of the century. Like, and then, like, they get a grumpy teenage Alucard coming in, like stomping, like, God, Dad, this isn't cool at all. And they're like, What? What is happening? What is this? Who are you? Were, weren't you supposedly seen around like 300 years ago? Like, how are you back? Why do you look like 30 years younger? Because <laughs> your art's very different. <laughs> what happened in 300 years? Uh, Why did you take a 300-year nap? I would take a 300-year nap mean, if yeah. allowed. That sounds great. Yeah, it really does. I still can't get over the fact that I told my teacher when I was in elementary school that my hobby was napping I mean, or sleeping. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's- it's so on brand. <laughs> it's so Ugh, that's so funny. Um, so I mean, what do you think of 
overall, I want to know, like, what what's your impression of this game? Like, y- you knew of the, like the memes around it and all, and you've said that like you came across with like a better feeling from uh, Super Metroid. Like, you liked Symphony Night better than Super Metroid, but like overall, what do you think about this? Uh it's good. It's good. It good. It good. You can be a mist. You can be a mist. You can be a bat. Oh, I just punched my microphone. Oh God! Don't punch it. <laughs> Um. Yeah, like I, I think it's really good. I. It's strange though that like. I look at how it's basically influenced and shaped the way Castlevania games and like games of that nature, have played since then, and how they've all kind of morphed, into that Metroidvania style. And I'm just like, was that a beneficial change? Like, was that a change that was good for this series? And since I haven't really, like, played a lot of, like, the later games, I don't I don't know. But, I mean, it did get to a point where, like, that style kind of became overkill, I think. I could see that. I think it works really well in, like, the DS games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that like maybe some innovation for the series would have been nice at some point like besides just hey symphony of the night was good you want symphony of the night with new characters it's like yeah i get that but also like i mean i mean that's that's kind of the same thing that happens with like a lot of series where it's like they have you know you have a breakout success like you know you could look at castlevania one and be like okay well they made games in that vein for the next 10 years, you know, Castlevania, yep. Castlevania 2, that's a little bit of a, a, a little bit different, uh, three, Super super Castlevania, Rondo, and then eventually, you know, this was way different. Yep. Uh, you know, you make a game in a series that gets super popular, becomes a success, and you're like, okay, how do I milk that formula? Right. I mean, look at, look at the Zelda franchise. I would say, so basically what we're saying is Castlevania needs a Breath of the Wild at this point. I mean, maybe, yeah, like, I think even at this, like, obviously, I don't think they're going to make another Castlevania game. Yeah. Because that's just, Konami's a weird company at this point. Like, they they might, but I don't think it's going to be, it might not be great. Like, a lot of of the main people behind the Castlevania games in general is not at that company anymore. Like, there's a reason Igarashi is making his own game now. Like, maybe, maybe that turns out to be good. Like, they, that, that, uh... That prequel or that like side game they put out just recently, like which is more in the vein of classic Castlevania, was supposed to be like really good. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing I, I'm I'm like I guess weirded out that they never went back to, like they never really went back to like that classic style of Castlevania after Symphony. Right. Like it was just like once Symphony came, it was that was the formula. Yep. And you would kind of think like they would they would have done that at some point like cuz why not like people have good nostalgia and good memories of those original Castlevania games like why not make another game like that and you could also make a game that's in the symphony vein cuz they were all <clears throat> cuz they were like they were doing kind of like the Pokemon thing weren't they were like they were releasing two versions of the same game or something like that It was similar yeah Yeah so like I don't see how you why you wouldn't be able to do that but you know um, that's the past so I don't know I'm wondering if like the Smash Brothers inclusion and all is gonna like revitalize it in any way yeah I don't know like 
mean, obviously, you know, they're re-releasing Rondo and Symphony on PS4. That's going to be out by the time you listen to this. Um, mm-hmm. But then making a new Castlevania game seems kind of not like like not likely especially because yeah. you know the last castlevania games were like the the lords of shadow games mm-hmm. and those were big 3d character action games right which is not the same as this at all no <laughs> so like i just yeah um one thing that we have not talked about at all that i think that we should talk about mm-hmm. uh how fabulous is the damn music oh my god it's really good it's so good. It goes through like different, like when you're in different areas of the castle, it's different music. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I love the music for this game. The composer, uh, Michiru Yamane, has worked on like a ton of stuff. Like her first stuff was working on Twin B. Mm-hmm. And just like a ton of things. And also like just a lot of like the later uh, Castlevania games kind of. I guess she got in like I think a little bit before Symphony, maybe. I don't know. I don't know the timeline of Castlevania games. Don't ask me. <laughs> but yeah, like it's 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 really really well done, and it, like it's definitely something that just like accentuates that game in a in a really really great way. I keep thinking though, like we were talking about the art style earlier, mm-hmm. and I think it's funny that she was just like. You know what I want? A bunch of pretty looking dudes in my Castlevania. Like, I feel her. And there's a lot of pretty looking dudes in Castlevania now. <laughs> yep. It's great. She got her wish. Is Upgrade. This, is this... Is Symphony of the Night in that... Um, it's not. Uh, do you think this is a game that they'll include in that PlayStation Classic? What? The, oh, the, the mini PlayStation, the, yeah. Um, if they don't, they're wrong. Yeah, this, this seems like it would be like a, a gimme. Yeah, I agree with you. It would be odd if they didn't, but you would you think. But decisions, they're not always good. Yeah, like we don't know, like. Maybe with them releasing it now on PS4, they're going to be like, well, we put it out here. We don't need to put it out here again. But um, with the only, like, they've only announced five games for that thing so far. And there's weird. supposedly 15 left that they got to announce. Like, you would, you would think that would have to be one of them. Although, that also, that thing comes out in, like, a month and a half. Right. Like I'm so shocked that they haven't made more announcements. It's on like that. they and announced that's that kind thing. Of alarming. They announced that thing, and basically, like people, everyone's kind of forgot about it. Right. Which I think kind of like is almost makes sense in a way because it was like, okay, you're making this thing. It's kind of expensive. Like it doesn't come with a Dual Shock. You know, it's only like 20 games. Like in a lot of these mm-hmm. games, we could. You can find other ways to play, or they've been released other ways on like PS3 and everything. But yeah, like I, this this seems like a thing that should be on on that PlayStation Classic. If and if not, like it would be kind of baffling if it wasn't because this is. I mean, when you think of Symphony Tonight, you think of it as like a, an iconic PlayStation game, even though it came out on a multitude of places. You know, it, it was on uh, PlayStation One. It came out on the Saturn. Only that only came out in Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. It came out on the TigerElectronicsGame.com. <sighs> Heck yeah. 
Uh, it was an Xbox Live arcade game. Uh, it was released on PSN. Uh, the PSP version, which featured Rondo as well, and then obviously this this PS4 re-release. So like it's it's been a lot of places, but like when you when you kind of think of Symphony Night, you think of you know it's that PlayStation game. PS1. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, it to me it makes sense that like it would be there. It's it's kind of like a gimme, like you said. But I mean, who friggin' knows at this point? Who honestly. Knows? Capcom's a, or Capcom Konami is a weird company. So. Yeah. I mean, Capcom is too. But... That's true. <laughs> so your original statement was also not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad that I finally got you to play this, though. Yeah, I, w- I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, maybe we'll get you through the inverted castle eventually. At some point, yeah. Um, I was playing through it. I hadn't actually finished my playthrough of it um, this time around. but You've been busy. I've been busy, but I have been playing it. and I- I'm still really, really enjoying my time with it. it like you said, it still runs and plays really really well mm. it's super fun and that's a that's a key thing you want in the video game especially when you look at it as like something that holds up to the test of time yeah no kidding and spoopy all those monsters want to do the mash they did the mash that's all i can say because of copyright it's true <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I don't know. Are we are we through the spoopy? Did we do it? I think so. There are, there are ghosts and death. Yeah, death is there. He takes away all your abilities. There's like all kinds of skeletons and junk. A lot of skeletons. Lots of skeletons. And I mean, like obviously, there's vampires. Zombies. There are zombies. There's like a succubus. Did you find that ghost lady who, like, you go into the confession booth and she stabs you? Yeah. Yeah, that was rude. I don't know why she did that. Because she's mean. It's rude. I was just sitting there. Right? I was like, oh, man, sure, I'm going to sit here. This is going to be nice. And she just comes <laughs> in and stabs me. I'm like, Jesus. I like how anytime you can find, like, a chair to sit in, like, Alucard sits in it in, like, the most sassy way possible. Like, just sits down, relax, crosses his legs, and just like, mm, yes. <laughs> You expect him to like conjure up a glass of wine and like swirl it around a little bit. Yeah, or like a cup of coffee. It's like, mm, pinky up, drink. <laughs> oh, I said the pinky up. <laughs> uh, sounds about right. Yeah. And then we voice him with Yuri Lowenthal. God. <laughs> uh, but I think we we've made it through the spooky because next week will be what November. Oh my yeah. god, are we out of spooky by then? Yeah, the ne- next week's episode will be in no- will release in November. Wow. We knew you well, Spoopy. We did. Our two episodes. <laughs> Our two episodes of the Spoopy. But hey, October hey. theme. October. It's fun. Yes. Um so I guess enjoy your your Halloween and your festivities you guys since we will not be hearing from you until after it's it's done that's true don't be a yeah don't do that it's my one word of advice (laughs) i mean it's it's pretty simple like don't be a if you want to be a sexy lampshade be a sexy lampshade that's fine just do your thing girl Mm -hmm. or guy if you want to be a sexy lampshade that's you can do it too you want to dress up as alucard you can do that 
Oh, I would do that. That's Captain and Alucard, of course. That's the only one yes. I'm talking about. The only one. Duh. Oh, God. We need to, like, Photoshop that Captain N face onto, like, the fancy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. What, what a mess. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know what we're going to do in November. Probably some of the stuff that we've got on the back burner. Right. We're coming up very quickly on our 100th episode. We are. I don't know if we're going to do anything fancy for it. Or for yeah. We have to talk about that. <laughs> we should we should try to do something for it, but I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, there's not any more like Danganronpa stuff, so we can't do that. Just rewatch Danganronpa 3 and talk about it again. <laughs> yep. Genius. Yep, there you yep. go. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap this episode up then. Yep. Yep, yep. So if you'd like more from us, go to seasonalamyshakeup.com or scc.cool where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Jared Now Watch and the Season Lamy Checkup. And you can find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you want more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash animecheckup. It's Twitter. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash as... patreon.com slash sacova. Uh, and then... Like Al said, next week will be something. We have a few things we have still to talk about, so we'll figure that out and reconvene for the penultimate episode of for Before 100. What is a man? A miserable pile of secrets.